What a show we have lined up for you today. It's a good one. It was a really good one. Yeah, that was completely unplanned. Yeah. I mean, we really fired off this episode a lot. Fired it off, rattled it off. Uh-huh. It rolled right off of the yeah. tongue this, uh-huh. this evening here. A good one. Felt good. Feel connected tonight. Yeah. <laughs> We we have been it's been like a force thing. Yeah, it's been we've been very great minds think alike tonight. Yeah, and you'll hear about some of our wonderful ideas and plans. Fantastic this ideas. Episode. First, we diss some beer. Yep. And then we have a genius million dollar idea, and then we give you an update on music, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much a good summary of the cast today. Yeah, but it's all. It's beefy. Yeah, it's there's a lot there. There's a lot of meat for you to handle. A lot of uh, a lot of flank steak. <laughs> <laughs> some stank, some flank steak. Yeah, tons of it. Tons yeah. of it. I hope my mom listens to this. <laughs> so, um, before we get into it, uh, as always, make sure that you check us out all across social media: uh, Twitter at Super Divorce. Uh, Instagram, Super Divorce Band, Snapchat, Super Divorce, Facebook.com slash Super Divorce, The Divorce Club on Facebook. And Bender Butt on Instagram. Bender Butt. Um, what, what else do we got there? Email. And the email. And the yeah. email. As always, uh, you can get in touch with us. You should get in touch with us. Please get in touch with us. Touch us. Touch us <laughs> gently. But touch us nonetheless. Uh, you can do that by emailing divorceclub at superdivorceme.com, which uh, superdivorceme.com is your one-stop shop for the super divorce superverse. <clears throat> New, uh, newly redesigned a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Not really... too drastic, it's just the layout's changed slightly. Yeah. The navigation. A little, it's a little bit more... Uh straightforward yeah a little more straightforward but it's nice so you guys should definitely check out superdivorceme.com and that's about it so we'll stop uh keeping you here in the intro and let you get to the show show (laughs) (laughs) enjoy the show everybody yeah we are not getting a divorce we are not getting a divorce Hey man, welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. I'm Nicholas. I'm Bender. And, uh, right away... Bear me. Bear me! Here. What are we having today? We are having, against our better judgment, Sierra Nevada Single Hop Cascade IPA. This was a part of the... Sierra Nevada, uh, like, holiday pack that I bought last night. Yeah. Had some good beers in it that I'd never tried before. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. as you can see, this is, this is like, the special flavor that's left over. Right. That I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm. It's not awful. I've, I've tasted hoppier beers. I'll say that. Yeah. I'm not a not a hops fan, people. I don't like pale pale IPA Sierra Nevada 
bullshit. All you hipsters out there, like, IPAs are life. I bleed Sierra Nevada. <laughs> and, like, well, I piss it, so. <laughs> I wake up and brush my teeth pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know... I was just, you know, when we were we were just downstairs and we were going into the fridge for our beer me beers and uh, Nick pulled out, he was like, do you want regular Sierra Nevada or single hop Sierra Nevada? And I was just like, neither. <laughs> but then I was like, sometimes you have to talk about crappy beer on your show. Yeah. And I'm sure Nick likes it a little bit more than I do. But I'm going to just straight up Sierra Nevada is a crabby beer, in my opinion. Well, you know, I remember years ago, um, I was doing some recording with uh, the Great American Beast. And we were in the studio, and I was doing vocals that day. And I brought uh, some Samuel Adams in. Yeah. To uh, have some beer for my throat. <laughs> and I offered one to, uh, I think it was Pete, our bass player. And he he turned it down and he said that uh, it was too hoppy. What? But that was, that was probably like 2008, uh-huh. I would say. And I feel like the craft brew hop thing has like gotten out of control since then. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like, at that point, I feel like Sam Adams was still considered like almost a micro brew compared okay. to what mm-hmm. what you'd see when you walked into the gas station. I right. mean, it was still mainstream. You could get it at Speedway, but it was one of the only beers like that. You know, uh, you'd have Miller, Bud, and whatever other Natty Light and all that kind of shit. And then Sam Adams, that was like your high class snobby beer uh-huh. amongst all those others but i remember when he he told me that uh, it was too hoppy i came back and i told him that he just had an unrefined palate <laughs> so maybe that's where we are maybe we have unrefined palates and we're just haters maybe it's like people who who fucking hate on black coffee drinkers and like how can you drink that it tastes just like bitter water you know like yeah, but you, this is you just... get a taste for it over time. Yeah, but I have had black coffee over here, and I don't drink black coffee either. But I've had a cup or two uh, over here that you have brewed, and like it's not the worst thing. And I I'm able to finish a whole cup. This is just like I would never go out and buy this for myself. Black coffee, like if I have to. I have to, you know? Yeah. This is like, if I have, if I have to, I'm going to drink water. Uh Uh-huh. I don't like water either. (laughs) You don't like water? No, I flavor my water at home. We, we buy, we buy like glass bottles of like juice Mm -hmm. or something like that, you know, resealable. Yeah. And then we buy, uh, like flavored squirt shit, Mm. you know, and fill our water bottles and put them in the refrigerator while we're at work and then you know you come home and then you get a little flavor in there i don't i love water it's it's refreshing on occasion but like at home you know we we don't drink like anything literally Mm -hmm. we pretty much only drink water 
but I have to, I have to flavor it, you know, because if I'm just casually having a drink with my meal, I don't want to wash down, you know, whatever it is I'm eating with just like a no nonsense liquid. Like, I, well, want, I feel like that's the best way to do it. I don't. Because then you, you, you keep the integrity of your meal. But I, but I. You don't you get know, like berries. But, no, but and, drinking, you know, and I'm not going to make an argument that like drinking pomegranate <laughs> water is going to enhance the flavor of your meal, but a nice uh, porterhouse steak with some lemon lime. Like I'm not going to make that argument. I'll make it about wine or certain beers with certain foods, but I just, I don't like, I don't like cleansing my whole palate between food items. And I feel like I think protecting the integrity of the flavor is drinking a flavored beverage between your food because you're not just like, you're not washing. I don't like washing out my whole mouth. (laughs) Plus I don't, you know, I don't eat like one thing at a time either. I go back and forth and I don't need that radical change of flavor all up in my business. Very well. You know, I'm a fast eater too. I, I pretty much inhale stuff. You don't savor the flavors. For being a cook, no. No. <laughs> no. Unless, unless it's like, you know, I mean, a good steak, right? My dad makes hella good steak, and that's definitely... What kind of steak does he usually make? Normally flank steak. Flank? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. It's... I don't know. I can't tell you. It's We've always gotten flank steak. What does it look like? What's the cut? Is it thick or is it is it more like a New York strip or is it like a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. T bone. No, know. not the T bone. The uh, the fillet, the fillet. That that was always my favorite. Mm-hmm. The nice like the thick. little thick. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Flank steak is like you. I don't. I don't even know. It's like a. It's a. It's a flank of beef. Does it have a bone in it? No. No. And you no bone to pick with broil it, it mm-hmm. uh, in the oven, and then my dad slices it relatively thin, like not not uh, euro mm-hmm. lamb thin, but I don't know, like uh, I don't I don't know, maybe maybe quarter of an inch. So you get. On your plate, you would have slices yeah, of like steak? Yeah, sh- like strips. I mean, you have to you have to cut into them. It could be like half an inch thick. It's a nice little, you know, it's about about uh, five inches mm-hmm. long, maybe. Slices are about five inches long and, you know, half an inch thick. So you get like a couple of them. You get like three or two or three slices of flank steak and eat them like that and it's delicious i don't know how you well you don't eat meat so that's oh, i used to you used to but yeah. even growing up i never we got like a t-bone or porterhouse or a my, fillet pretty much never, my whole life you know we called it flank stank hmm one time my mom went up to a butcher and ordered flank stank and he was <laughs> like what <laughs> huh did I, you guys ever go to zinc's yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Zinks is, like, where my grandma buys, like, all of her meat. Like, ref- she, like, refuses to go anywhere else. I mean, even even deli meats, I think, a lot of times, she she would go to Zinks. I don't know that. why, but it makes me happy to know that your family went to Zinks as well, or goes to I'm Zinx. pretty sure my grandma's, like, tight with the owner. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's where we always got our steak and and the when it when it called when an occasion called for like the high class mm-hmm. choicest deli meats, that's where you go. Yep. In this area for sure. Yeah. Go to Zinks. Zinks is where it's at. I don't even eat that stuff anymore, but Yeah. I haven't been there in a long ass time. It's hard because, you know, Lindsay's not vegetarian, but she definitely doesn't eat the same amount of meat that I do. So it's like I don't have an excuse to like go buy good steak or anything. Well, I don't know. Maybe she would eat it if I made it. Maybe you could surprise her one night. Yeah. Just with some flank stank. Some flank stank, <laughs> some bacon wrapped flank stank, or, you know, get some filet mignons or something. Mm-hmm. Grill up. We did every now and then, uh, you know. I have the benefit being a cook. Uh, every once in a while, I've had a chef, the multiple chefs that I've worked for, you know, got like a little wild hair up their butt, and they're like, we're going to do a steak night, you know, at either the home or especially when I worked at the golf course. Uh, there was plenty of that. But I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to go out to a restaurant often and order steak especially filet mignon and especially if i want it to be good because that you that costs money it does like a lot of money but i'm fortunate enough that maybe once a year i would say i get free like filet mignon or free really nice steak well cooked because the chefs normally stick around and cook it and it's really nice and it's really you know really really cool so have you ever heard of ruth's chris steakhouse that's the best steak I ever ate. Really? It's amazing. Where is it? I think the closest one to us is in Columbus. Oh, that's not bad. So, if you're looking for like an... If you want a fancy-ass meal for a special occasion, go there's, there. It's, yeah, it's awesome. There's a steakhouse in at the at the Green up, you know, up a ways on 75. I can't remember what it's called. It starts with an S. Hmm. Something. And, uh... You know, I it'd be nice to like go. Like it sounds cool and whatever. Or no, maybe it's not an S. Maybe it's called Fleming's. Hmm. I think. Who fucking knows? But uh, it sounds awesome. But I've heard, you know, that like dinner for two can be upwards of like a hundred and fifty dollars. That's about I think what I would spend when I would go to Ruth's Chris. It's and like that's you're going to a good steakhouse. Be ready. You can't be shocked by having yeah. to spend that amount. You know? Which which like is fine and I would love to do it still. And I'm you know, I'm told that you're spending hundred and fifty dollars but you get like a shitload of food. Mm-hmm. Like you're not ordering a steak and mashed potatoes and it's coming out skimpy on your plate with a little dollop of mashed potatoes and some chives. No. Like you're leaving with food because mm-hmm. you're not going to eat it all. Yeah. Which like is great. I I appreciate that and like if you're they're going to if you're going to spend $150, like make it worth it. But at the same time, like why don't you just give me a normal portion so I can walk out of here with $50 <laughs> instead of having to spend 150 just to like be here. But I guess that's your no your atmosphere and yeah it's probably with wine yeah yeah exactly you always have to get a glass of wine i feel probably but, you know bottle. if you if you want to do that a few months out if mm-hmm. you start putting away 30 bucks a month 
you know, in a few months, you've got your little stash there, and you can have your night out, and yeah. it's no big deal. Yep. Yeah. Just blow your wad all over some steaks. <laughs> Wads of cash. Make Which it is rain. how, you know, jumping a little bit, it makes me think of, like, when people bitch about just high-priced items in general. You know, like, no one's making you buy any of this stuff. Like, people, I'll see, like, on Reddit, it always happens. Anytime someone would be like, they post a picture, and it's like, check out my game room, or here's my new gaming setup, and, like, they show all their games and, like, their consoles. And one of the top comments is always, like, must be nice to be rich, or, like... You know, it'd be cool if I had that much money. And it's like, you don't know. Like, usually when someone posts a picture like that, it's not stuff they went out and bought yesterday. Right. It's what they've amassed over a career of playing games. Yeah. Or if, like, a new system comes out and it's like, well, I wish I was fortunate enough to have money to buy that. And it's like, as soon as a console cycle ends, if you wanted to, you could start putting away... $10 a month, and by the next time a console came out, you'd You'd have have enough money. More than enough for a console. You could buy the console and a few games. Yep. And you could just have your little console fund that you start at the beginning of a, you know, a brand new cycle. Yep. And each time a new system came out, you'd have money saved up. If you you started putting away $10 a month now, you'd probably have enough to buy the next PlayStation by the time it comes out. I'm sure, because... I mean, excluding the PlayStation Plus... And the yeah. Xbox One S, mm-hmm. excluding those. Yeah. By the next time they unveil the the next step in gaming system, home gaming system, if you start putting away money now, you'll have enough money to buy it. If you would have started, if you would have put away money uh, when the Wii U came out, you'd have enough money for a Switch already. Yep. You'd have more than enough. Easily, because the Switch is going to be a, what, 250 Yeah, I think so. Like, Something fucking crazy. baller, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> so, go Nintendo on that. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, now, I and I, I understand that. I'm terrible at it. So, like, but at the same time, I'm not one to, like, complain. Like, you know, when, it's, it's when a- PlayStation came out, I didn't get one right away, but I got one... By Christmas, because I asked my parents if they came up with half, and I came up with the other half, if that would, you know, be fun. And they, you know, and they did that. But, so, yeah, it's it's hard for me when I see expensive items, mm-hmm. because I am like, oh, I really want that. But I'm not going to, like, bitch like some people because I'm like, okay, well, if you just would save for yeah. once in your life, mm-hmm. then you could have it. But if you're not going to save, you can't complain about not having it. And I'm not very good at saving, so I don't really complain about having not having a 4K TV or a 65-inch TV. Like, I have a nice 40-something TV, and I'm, like, fine with it. We understand that if you really wanted to, you could make it happen over a period of time. If I tried really hard, yeah. You know? That's all I'm saying. Right. You know, none of this stuff is owed to anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have the latest game or the latest game system or the the fanciest car in the world, like, all that shit, they're fringe benefits in the society of humanity. It always... Like, it's not owed to you. Yeah. 
you have to earn that stuff if you really want it, you know? Yeah. You know, and, like, as far as just gaming goes, it always baffled me, like, working at GameStop, the amount of people that would come in the day a game is released, and this is kind of, it's on topic, off topic, that would come in the day of release and be like, well, how come you don't have any left? Like, because we because we fucking sold out like yeah however pre-orders have been available for months upon months and so the tie-in here is that when gaming is concerned if you're like super butthurt because you want this thing but like oh it's too expensive or it must be nice to have all that money or blah blah whatever like fucking pre-order shit man yeah i've had persona 5 pre-ordered for I don't know how many months and I haven't made a lot of payments on it, but I've made more than one. Yeah. And it doesn't come out till February. And I'm like, I still have all of January to pay off most of it. I'm going to get Christmas money that I can Mm -hmm. use to pay it off. It's not even for me. It's for Lindsay, but still like it comes out like on Valentine's day. So Mm -hmm. that's done. (laughs) Don't have to worry about that. But but still, like, I pre-ordered it months ago because it was available, too. And I was like... And because I got it so early, I'm getting her, like, the big special edition that's, like, $100. Well, people act like pre-ordering is evil, you know? And it's like, don't pre-order and all this shit. And it's like... I understand people being against, like, bonus content for pre-orders. Yeah. Especially when it's, like... I am annoyed when a game comes out and you see the hype for it and they're advertising it and it's like, if you want this armor, order pre-order from Amazon. Or this armor is the Best Buy exclusive. Or this one is the GameStop exclusive. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of a bummer. But if you just want the game and you have this option where you can walk in, put down $5, and you've already guaranteed yourself a copy when it's released that will be there for you, and also, you can pay on it incrementally until it comes out. If you choose, or you can just fucking be a bitch and <laughs> wait and then pay $55 yeah. when it comes out, which is fine. People do it. I'm probably going to do it with Persona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try not to, but, you know. But yeah, I, I, know, I know those people. I remember them, you know, come in and give you a throw, throw a little hissy fit when you've sold out of something that... You know, they just didn't feel like pre-ordering, you know. You should just have extra copies. No. Well, the pre-orders kind of give them a roundabout number of how many to send out to a store. Exactly. The pre-orders, like, it's not up to GameStop how many extra copies they get. Yeah. It's the distributor, and it's based on your pre-order numbers. Like, oh, oh, they got 27 pre-orders. We should probably send them 30. They're not just going to... They're not going to manufacture... More copies than they think they're going to need right away. Right. They're throwing money out the window if they do that. I'm surprised that... I'm not surprised, but it's really interesting to me that comics and probably records, like vinyl records, are some of the only things that we sort of pine over having first printings or pressings. Mm -hmm. Like... Why not video games? I mean, they have the day one editions. Yeah. Which is kind of your first print, so Mm -hmm. to speak. But, like... It might... 
it might happen, especially as um, as digital becomes even more and more popular. Yeah, and you have fewer copies like of physical media. Mm-hmm. They they might be more highly sought after by collectors. Like a first pressing of yeah. not well not pressing but a first you know a first release of you know. Battlefield Seven, mm-hmm. you know they they release a first wave and then they everyone buys them up and then based on the demand they release a second wave, yeah. which is basically how comics work. Mm-hmm. You know, if a printing sells out, they reprint probably the same number I would assume and mm-hmm. send it out again as a second printing. Yeah, and sometimes then, third or fourth depending on how popular. I've, I've seen up to sixth printings. You know, if uh, you know many times. Uh, if you have an image comic in particular that gets an image first yeah. release, which is the first issue for only a dollar, the image first signifies the sixth printing of that issue. Oh, okay. Typically. So, like, Saga has a image firsts, and mm-hmm. Sex Criminals has an image firsts, and that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just, it's interesting that, like... Especially when you can pre-order games and things like that, that it, there's not like a market for first release game, and then, I mean, because it's because it's interesting. Like, even with comics, you're getting the same thing. It would be cool if they started doing something where your first pressing of games um, had like, you know, your original cover art. Uh-huh. And if they went back to the press, they changed it. Yes, because comics do that a lot. Yeah. So you could have, like, your... You your, know, second your second printing variants. Yeah. That would be fucking rad. The you only know. thing is, like... I don't know, maybe... Maybe, um... Like, the, the publishers and such might frown upon it. Or really not be concerned with doing something like that. Because the resale market's not going to benefit them in any way. You know, if people are turning around and selling their their first pressing on eBay, yeah, like the publishers don't give a shit. They're right. not making any extra money off of it, so it it might just be like here's your here's your basic cover art. This is what we're doing for all pressings because we don't have to go back and change it. We don't have to hire anyone or pay anyone to come up with a new design or maybe we should just like be moguls because I know neither one of us can design video games. I mean, you probably can because your fucking talents are endless. Well. <laughs> but uh, we as should of just, now, no, <laughs> we should just be moguls and start a gaming company. Uh, you know where we we produce games and we signify like we make a point to be the first pressing, second pressing people, or. What if we did what, this might be brilliant, if you're listening right now. We have so many brilliant (laughs) ideas on this show. Uh, What if we started a company that was like the video game equivalent of, say, like Shout Factory or, you know, or Arrow, Uh where you, you repackage the game, you go out you do like new interviews with the developers. Oh my god. You you give people real fucking instruction booklets 
like they used to in the old days. Nice thick instruction booklets. You hire artists to like create new original artwork yeah. to highlight the to do the covers of the booklets. Yeah. And uh, you reprint the instructions, and you like have screenshots in there and mm-hmm. control layouts. Yeah. And you repackage old games. Because now all you get is the one. It's like just the one piece sheet. of paper, the one sheet with like the fucking. It's an ad. It's not even anything. Well, a lot of times they'll have like the legal information. Yeah, yeah. You know, like copyright 2010 Konami and you know, all this shit. But you don't get instructions anymore. No. Well, I will see now a lot of times on that sheet, it'll be like, for instructions, go to, and then they give like a web address. Yeah. So fucking lazy. <laughs> like, goddamn. You know, you're paying $60 for this game or whatever. Uh-huh. And sometimes more for a special edition. They can't give you a fucking old-fashioned instruction booklet. Like, come on. I would pay. So we include, you include the game, mm-hmm. and then do you include like, a DVD featurette? Yeah. Yeah, with all the new interviews. Or a Blu-ray. A Blu-ray? A Blu-ray featurette. Yeah. A soundtrack. Oh, man. Blu-ray featurette, soundtrack, and the game. That's like your baseline for every single right. release that you do. Right. What would be the What would be the first game? Oh, my God. I mean, it's like... But we have to think, like, what... what we're talking like literally any game ever. Mm-hmm. You're gonna repackage NES cartridges. You're gonna repackage PS One CDs. You're mm-hmm. gonna repackage. My yeah. My thing is like, would you get? Would you put this game into reproduction somehow, or would you like? Are you gonna go out to every flea market you fucking can and buy every copy of Super Street Fighter Two, and then repackage those and make it a limited pressing, like? Limited to 50 copies. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm serious. This is fucking worth investigating. Because yeah. it's like a light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no one's doing that. No. But, what? and, and you might think of it and be like, well, no one's going to go for that. But why Why would Arrow or Shout Factory or like Vestron or Vinegar Syndrome be able to go out and make this stuff happen with movies that are clearly copyrighted? Right. You know, they're owned by particular film companies, publishing houses. There's obviously some way to, like, make this... Well, you gain the rights or you gain permission. Yeah, and then, of course, you would probably pay them a percentage of right. whatever profits you make. Uh-huh. Because it's it's something that they probably don't have the time to do. They're not probably going to to take this idea and run with it and and, you know, devote resources to you know, making new documentaries for games that came out 20 years ago. They're more worried about what they're doing now. Right. So, if someone comes along and presents this idea, there has to be a fucking way to make it happen. Hmm. I don't know. It's just, there's, there's, it's, I mean, it's a mate, like, it's a great idea. Just like, what, what would be the first game? What would, you know, our, are some of these people really going to, like, give a fuck that you want to interview them about it? Like, Well, I feel like it's probably the people who were involved in the process of making it. Uh-huh. That's a lot of work to, to make a game. Yeah. A lot of work that goes into it. So I feel like a lot of people would probably jump at the opportunity to sit down and talk with you 
and to like have this I'm guessing very important time in their life kind of brought back to the forefront where they can tell some stories about the process because you know really before special editions within maybe the past 10 years or so you never got like a featurette on a video game no people just I, I think that companies probably assumed no one was interested in seeing like people making the game it's like well who wants to watch that same way that you probably would have felt 15 years ago if people said who wants to watch a featurette about the mutilator yeah so but people do because people like um they like finding out more information they like hearing the stories that went into the creation of these things that they love like games and movies and music so it only makes sense to me that that people would want to sit down with you and give you their stories I think the only holdup is producing, like, if you think about, like, the rate that Arrow and Scream Factory sort of release things, um, it's consistent, but it's, like, a title or two a month, Mm -hmm. you know? And with, like, I mean, there's just horror movies upon horror movies. It's just, like, a exploding at the seams genre. And it's the same with video games. Like, there's just every fucking video game ever. So, like, but my only concern is that, like, you wouldn't be able to have a universal platform for all of these games. So, releasing... Like, a, a universal package... Not not packaged, just like you can't play all of these games on the same system. Yeah. So, like, whereas Arrow and Scream Factory, like, you just need a Blu-ray player. Mm-hmm. And you can watch anything from Arrow, or you can watch anything from Scream Factory, or anything from Vinegar Syndrome. Like, this, is, this would be so much more selective, because if you released you know, a super special edition of the original Metroid, you know, only people that have working NESs are going to be able to play it. But many people who don't even own an NES and probably have no interest in owning one would still be up for buying it if they love the game. Because now there's so many ways you can play the original Metroid, unlike the virtual console... You know, there have been re-releases on, uh, I think, on Game Boy Advance, probably on DS, through the Virtual Console. Or people can just get an emulator. Not everyone's concerned with actually putting the cartridge in, but to have a re-release of the cartridge itself. With new artwork. With new artwork, with a, you know, with a new instruction booklet, with a nice box. Because most people that were kids when the NES came out, we never kept our boxes. I'm sure some people did, but most of us didn't. It was like the cardboard thing. You get out of the way and you've got your stack of NES games. I mean, I've got on my shelf over there. Now, if I, if I come across a nice box, I'll buy it, you know, a nice copy of something, some classic game with a box. That's awesome. But, um, most people didn't hang on to them. So that would be a neat thing to have, a new opportunity to purchase this classic game with a brand new package. 
you know, and just display it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to, th- I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. You have to think like, because half of me is sitting here going, well, like, <laughs> and it's stupid when I say it, but how many people out there are like me that want to just own like this kind of like random bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, there's probably millions of people like me yeah. that want to own just random bullshit, you know? Because, like, you're right. I mean, you can play the original Metroid so many ways, but, like, you know, how many people, how many of those people that love that game are going to be like, yeah, I'll buy a whole new cartridge that I can't play, mm-hmm. but I just want to have it. But if you include hey, we have interviews with people that made this game and we have a soundtrack on a CD and a cartridge with new artwork and a sturdier, you know, new box mm-hmm. for it to come in, a collector's package, mm-hmm. new art, you know, an, an uh, instruction booklet with original or new artwork, you know, reprinted original or or commission, new commissioned artwork. I'm thinking like... If you did um, on the on like console games from that era, it would be cool to keep the same type of package. Yeah. But you could almost do like the reinforced cardboard, mm-hmm. like on an iPhone box. Yes. Or something like that, yes. where you, you knock on it. You know, yeah. it sounds like someone's at your front door, but maybe you, know, you don't open a flap, but you you lift it. Yeah, it's you could like do a, something like that with like a nice material inside for the game to sit in. Yeah. You know, just. Or it slides out like yeah. it's a, um, like a hot pocket cover, mm-hmm. and the game slides out of it. Yeah, in a tray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be rad. Yeah, that would be cool. I feel like, what would be game number one? That's that's so hard because I'm not as much of a gamer as you are. I don't think. I feel like a good way to approach it would be to pick a game that is not. Super Mario Brothers. Right. That not everyone knows about, but it would have a good niche crowd where it it's not something that's likely to be available on the virtual console. And it's maybe not something that that um, the masses would be falling over themselves to get, but something that you could charge a high enough price to make a profit that the loyal fans of that series would be more than willing to pay because of how fucking awesome it would seem to them that this thing is getting a re-release and they're doing this for it? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that you could make that emotional connection where people care more about the fact that this is being done. I'll pay whatever I need to to, to get it than, like, a game everyone knows we'll about. Well, see, like, it, well, I mean, like, a lot of people have been calling, you know, the most prominent right now is that everybody's been calling for a re-release of Final Fantasy VII, and look what happened. Now mm-hmm. we're getting it. It's being yeah. completely remade, and you're getting a re-release. Now, that's not on the same page as, like, a collector's re-release or whatever, yeah. but what you were saying makes me think of System Shock 2. Mm-hmm. The, the basically spiritual 
Bioshock was the spiritual successor mm-hmm. to System Shock 2. Yeah. And the Bioshock franchise has really like made an impact obviously on gaming and you know, there's people out there that want more Bioshock and System Shock is one of those games that you always see on lists. It's always like on top 10 shooters of all time and it's always on like you know top 10 horror games even uh but i still sort of feel like i've never heard of it mm-hmm. you know yeah so what if the first game was system shock 2 and you did like a nice and I, that was on pc though yeah you know so what if you were able to I don't know. What if you what if you started on PC? You know, you start on PC cuz you can't I feel like porting it to PlayStation or Xbox or anything like that compromises the integrity. Like then it's not it's not a classic at that point. It's just a re-release. Well, a PC game would be probably easiest to do yeah because i mean it's disc based and you know you're not gonna have to worry about trying to find a way to manufacture new cartridges or anything like that it's just like put this data on this disc come up with a cool design Mm -hmm. and good content for it and bob's your uncle as they say so you know another great place to start would be um, old, like, PlayStation horror games, mm-hmm. like Siren. Yeah. And, uh, um, what is it? Clock, Clock Tower? Mm-hmm. The old Clock Tower games. Because those have such a niche audience and are, like... They're still so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I I bought this game, Rule of Rose, for Lindsay, and it's this PS2, like, weird survival horror game, and it just, like, is well-known for its really, like, fucked-up storyline and uh, horrible game mechanics, <laughs> you know? But I, I bought it for her, and the cheapest I could find it was $130. For a PS2 game, you know, so if you can get the rights to certain games like that, certain golden nuggets Mm -hmm. in gaming history that... That probably have a rabid fan base. That have a rabid fan base, but have not been re-released, have not been ported, have not been brought over or whatever. Mm -hmm. And probably wouldn't be. No. If it weren't for you. Right. That's what Those are the games you need to focus on, and then you release a special edition, you know, cheaper, like a $45 version, mm-hmm. but fully functional Rule of Rose with a new art book, which hers came with a gar- uh, an instruction booklet, by the way. Mm-hmm. A new instruction booklet and, uh, a, yeah, and a soundtrack and, like, new interviews with the people that made it or whatever. Badass. Because then... You know, it you it almost kind of eliminates that market for 
hundred dollar, you know, well, or, or it boosts that market because now you have a re-release of this game that is a collector's edition. It comes with this bonus stuff. So what if charging, you know, $45 or something for this, this re-release game, now that all of these are available though, it boosts and then you get your original printing bullshit going yeah. and the cost of your original games goes up mm-hmm. although like then you know the cheapest rule of rose original pressing is three hundred dollars because you have this collector's edition that's been released yeah Ugh. not that like that would benefit us much no but it would but, be cool for the people and we understand that yeah because we're kind of in that we're in the group of people who care about that type right, of thing. Right, who care that, like, yeah, you know, I have... So even though it's not going to benefit us to know that people would be happy and they'd get something from it, yeah, that's enough. That would be pretty cool. Well, now that we've divulged our entire plan to uh, all... Yeah. Five of you who... It would, I feel things. like it would require a lot of trips to Japan. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would hope so. I was just, I follow, like, I check Hideo Kojima's Twitter uh, account every day. And just, like, every picture he takes from just, like, walking around Japan, I'm just like, God damn, I want to go there. Yeah. It's so cool. Just, he, he posted this picture, and it was, like, at a convenience store uh-huh. and they were selling they had like an entire shelf like an entire shelf uh, space on the wall devoted to Death Stranding and Kojima Productions merchandise oh my god and it was a convenience store right it's like not even but it looks like they had like it looked like you know fucking mahogany shelves and like really sweet lighting and it's like I wish convenience stores here looked like that. Like yeah. everything just looks so clean and and just modern and uh-huh. sleek. Yeah, I want to go to Japan. I'll um, check no. it out. We should we should do that. That should be a goal for super divorce. We should yeah. go to Japan. I need a passport. We need a name for the the game releases. I know I've been like kind of mulling it over. I don't have anything yet though. Uh <laughs> what if we just called it digital justice? <laughs> There's a good callback. <laughs> Hopefully you watch uh, Super Fanatics. Yeah, that's uh I like that because you're doing Yeah, you're doing justice for these digital things. Yeah. Digital that's, justice. That's badass. I like that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, well, specializing in high quality game re-releases, digital justice. I don't, I don't know of anyone else doing that. No one's doing it. How is it? Do you think that anyone's trying? Do you think it's like? Is it? Is it just like that? Weird to people that like maybe the people at at Shout or one of these other companies hasn't like hasn't crossed their mind to say what if we re-released video games too? 
Do you think? I don't know. Maybe they're so zeroed in on making movie re-releases that hasn't finding obscure horror movies. Yeah, that just haven't hasn't even occurred to them. I don't know. I just feel like I do. I do think that it would be quite an undertaking. Yeah, like more so than re-releasing movies. I feel like because I don't know. It just. I think I think the platform limitations do kind of have like a bit of a say, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in that difficulty because y- you spend so much time. I, I mean, I know from posts and things that that Shout Factory and Arrow spend so much time getting these bonus features together, yeah, and so much time sort of meticulously recrafting the movie. That's a process that would be cut out for us because we're not remodeling the game yeah. or redoing the game. We're just basically redoing the packaging mm-hmm. and preserving the integrity of the original game itself. So that is probably a big part of the process that's cut out. But still, like all the time that's spent gathering the extras together, it it's... It would be interesting to see like how often you'd be able to re- release, and how would you determine which platforms to release for, and like I how think, often. I think what would be cool and a, a really neat thing about starting with PC mm-hmm. is like you have PC gamers in general. I feel are very um, prideful about yeah. their platform. Yeah. And especially people who have been long-time PC gamers, like, if you came out with that System Shock Special Edition, I guarantee you, one post on Reddit with, like, the package layout, people would be fucking losing their shit. (laughs) And then, once that starts selling, or you sell out of your copies, your allotted amount, you'd be getting flooded with emails of people saying, I want this game. I want this game, and this this game, game. and this game. And, And then, once your PC crowd is caught on, and it gains steam, people outside of the PC community will probably hear about it, and they'll be like, do you see what they're doing for these PC games? And people are like, god damn it, fucking release this GameCube game. Do this for this PlayStation game. And you'd have people just waiting for just the announcement of whatever your next next release it's would be. That's a fucking good idea. <laughs> digital, digital justice. <laughs> It's fucking genius. <laughs> Someone's gonna steal our idea and become billionaires. Maybe maybe we should just not release this episode. <laughs> 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 or maybe we should just start looking into it. Yeah. Like how like, how what do you do to acquire the rights and names of people who worked on System Shock 2? I'm sure you could find the people fairly easily. Yeah. But it, I think the biggest hurdle would be getting the rights to do it. You'd have to get a good lawyer, good whatever, entertainment lawyer or whoever handles that copyright lawyer. Get the rights to it. I mean... How to produce it. Yeah, you'd have to find a manufacturer. You'd have to probably invest in, you know, new uh, new film equipment, new sound equipment Yeah. for filming your interviews, you know. You'd have to put in the works, like, what are you going to ask them? How, yeah, you know, all that. I mean, it would be a fucking 
heavy undertaking. But, you know, you can imagine it. It's like all the stuff, you, you can imagine how to get from point A to point B. It's not mysterious. It just no. is putting yeah. the work in. But then once you do, you email the guy. Once you got the rights, the guy or the girl who worked on it. And it's like, hey, would you be up for an interview? Yeah. Where do you live? Here. Okay, well, you get your plane tickets, and you fly out, and you meet them, and you have coffee and lunch, and you get your interview, and, I mean, the, the, uh, like, the documentaries, the featurettes that I've seen on, like, the Arrow or the, the Shout releases, they're, they're great, but it's not anything that, that seems like they're using super advanced editing techniques, it's pretty much just, like, no. a camera set up, and someone's talking, yeah. and then they'll flash, like, a picture behind the scenes stuff behind the scenes picture and and those people would have that shit too i bet you know it'd be like do you have any in your correspondence you'd be like do you have any pictures did you take pictures or videos from when you were working on this and I have probably a few things laying around and 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 that type of stuff kind of woven into the the featurettes really kind of is the extra cherry on top yeah to be able to see that type of thing you know what the one part of this that I would have trouble keeping up with that uh, I think is really beneficial. What's that? Having played the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that could be remedied pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, if you, if you knew in advance, like, here's the game we're going after. Okay, we got clearance. Right. Now you have to play it, obviously, to know what the hell you're talking about. And uh, so you're not... A poser when you go in yeah well i mean there is i do kind of think that you don't i can't imagine that like every single person that works at shout factory loves every single movie that they put out like no, a not. lot of it has to be based on demand <laughs> mm -hmm. or based on you know what they've heard or mm -hmm. whatever because you know you're exactly right i see comments on the shout factory website you know filtered through facebook just constantly do this movie do this movie do this movie do this movie mm -hmm. you know and i'm sure arrow and vinegar syndrome and whoever else gets that kind of stuff all the time you know oh, i sent an email to mondo did you like really? that after i got my uh castlevania and i i was like i'm so happy with this so awesome you know, please look into doing a Metal Gear release because mm -hmm. that would be amazing. And they haven't done that, but I don't know if you saw they're doing um, a Death Stranding vinyl. Yeah, you sent it to me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just like, and I'm sure that I'm one in thousands of people who yeah. are emailing them and asking for this and that to be released. So... Man, we should start Digital Justice. <laughs> like, we should just stop all the music right <laughs> just now. Just fuck it. <laughs> fuck it all. <laughs> fuck, fuck the music. You know what? Fuck our other video shows, too. Yeah. Like, we're going to stop doing those, and we're just going to pour all of our energy into our new company, Digital Justice. Super Divorce is dead. Sorry. Sorry about your luck. But we just had a good idea. Or we can always put it on ice. Yeah. And just be like, well, we'll get around to this album 
after we get this company lost. <laughs> and we can just pay. We'll just pay Josh Schroeder like a hundred thousand dollars for fun. Yeah. Here you go. Now we're gonna come up and record. Yeah. And it's like labels come knocking. Oh, you you want us to like. You want us to be on your label? We don't have time for that. We've <laughs> got to produce this game. <laughs> Re-release. We don't have time to be on your label. Also, we don't need your money. Yeah. So We're also going to finish up this uh, Street Fighter 2 release, and then we're going to tour our music, and then we're going to come back and finish up River City Rampage. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Bye. Too sweet, me, bro. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, there you go. You know, at some point, a guy or two guys or two gals—I don't know who started the things—but at some point, a conversation took place where people were sitting around bullshitting. It was like, man, what if we re-released? horror movies with like high quality packaging yeah yeah and then they went and did it somebody was like hey man you know what movie i really love microwave massacre you know what i can't find a blu-ray of microwave (laughs) massacre and then somebody was like why do you want that and he was like because it's a crazy movie man and then they were like all right we should make a blu-ray and then they did and I still don't own it, but I'm really intrigued. I want to buy it. <laughs> DiabolikeDVD.com is having an Arrow sale right now. Oh. I was thinking about Arrow and how I'd like to invest in a region-free Blu-ray player. I, mm, me too. Because not only that, there are a lot of like uh, Japanese, uh, like from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Blu-rays and DVDs that... You know, you can't get in the U.S. Yeah. It makes me start wondering about, like, all these other releases that are available overseas in other countries. Fucking uh, Arrow released Pieces, which is basically, like, the redheaded stepchild version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's, like, horrible. Mm -hmm. But they released, like, a Pieces special edition that... I'm pretty sure is like a steel book and it comes with a replica of the puzzle in the movie, which I know you have no frame of reference for, but it's like a nudie puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, it's not even that good of a movie. And I'm just like, fuck, I want that so bad. <laughs> it's only a European. Yes. It's a UK release. only. Yeah. Re- like they're releasing. Have you heard of the movie house? It's yeah. the cover with the hand mm-hmm. floating on the doorbell. Okay, so there's House 1, yeah. and then there's House 2. I found out that those were written by Fred Decker, who wrote and directed uh, Monster Squad. Really? Yeah. I. Now that you say that, I feel like I knew that, mm-hmm. but I, didn't, I wouldn't have known unless you'd said something. But, so, I've always seen House and House 2, right? Arrow posted the other day that they're releasing... In the U.S., the Blu-ray re-release, you know, restored Lottie House and House 2. But in the U.K., they're releasing House, House 2, House 3, and House 4, all in a big bundle pack. And I'm like, 
You're only going to release the first two in America, and you're just going to, like, all fucking four of them in a giant four-disc Blu-ray bundle for the UK? I feel like at this point in human evolution, the whole region thing just shouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. Because now you can... We're talking about right now, you buy a region-free Blu-ray player, and you can just have stuff from different regions. Yeah. So it's not like they can keep it out of the U.S. I mean, it's like... Your wife told me earlier that she ordered me part of a Christmas present that she's assembling, and I have no fucking idea what it is, but part of it is coming from Italy. Mm-hmm. She was just like, hey, I'm, I'm making you this thing, but I don't know how long it's going to take because part of your stuff is coming from Italy. And I'm just like, I don't know why I need something from Italy, but, like, awesome. But yeah. it's just like, what? Who, what even matters anymore? I can get on Amazon UK... Anytime I want and just order shit. Like, and it has to ship from Europe. Like, the flea medicine that we got for the cats came from New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) The the Demigorgon statues that you bought us came from Italy, right? Yeah. 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 You just went on an Italian website on your American computer and ordered it. And it took eight months to get here. (laughs) (laughs) But we got them. Do you guys hate this chair? Have you guys been listening to how bad this chair squeaks, like, all the time? Of course, now it won't squeak, but, um, you know, I'm trying to situate. It's your thing. And it's, it is my thing, because I always sit in this chair and hate it. And your squeaky chair. Yeah. Well, when we get digital justice off the ground, you'll have a fucking... We'll buy a brand new Brand chair. new chairs. <laughs> That's the goal, man. Yeah. No, no. Dive all eight DVD com is an aero distributor as well as like a bunch of other stuff mm. they're kind of a hub mm-hmm. for all of it but they're having a sale right now and i'm thinking about buying microwave massacre because i think it was like 17 dollars. so uh the initiation was like 24 mm. and at fye it's like 34 so it's like automatic 10 dollars savings right there Not bad. but then again with shipping i might as well just fucking drive to dayton mall and buy it it's more fun to go to the store. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, this has been fun and informative, and we've uh, we've put our secrets out there. We always do. <laughs> so, so don't take our idea. Our new company is called Digital Justice, and it's so good. It'll be. Let's see. I'll say before. We're going to put this album out first. We'll put the album out, but you'll have your first Digital Justice re-release before 2020. Yeah. I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's fair, because a lot of times Arrow and Screen Factory will announce things like months, six, six months to a year in advance, mm-hmm. and then spend all that time preparing. So We'll do this album... We'll focus on that, but once that's taken care of, once we've gotten all the juice squoes, Mm -hmm. squeezed. Squoes. I love squoes. (laughs) It's a used thing. Yeah, I know. Um, But then we'll we'll zero in on digital justice. Yeah. So just just instead of starting it yourself, just be patient. (laughs) Just wait. We'll do it. (laughs) We're going to do it. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. Don't get hasty. By the way, guys, I heard two, two brand new Super Divorce songs 
and they're amazing. I meant to bring that up earlier, and then we got talking about our, our new thing. But, yeah, uh, to let you know, we do have, um, we, we're making progress. We've kind of um, shifted, uh, I guess, planning a little bit. Originally, I think we had talked about doing an album before the one with Josh, but after talking with him and going back through the songs that I had written so far, um, the the one, the first one that Bender heard, uh, the one that I'm really happy with, you know, it's very bare bones right now, but um, it's what it needs to be. It is, in my opinion, kind of the the real... It's a, it's a good marker. It gives us a good direction to shoot for. And when I went back through the other songs that I'd written, because I had uh, nine songs with like synth and a drum beat, and six of them with vocals as well, the first one is the only one that I'm in love with. And I don't want us to release anything that we're not 100% on. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of going back into the lab, if you will, with that first song in mind. I don't, they're not going to all sound exactly alike, of course, but I want to use that as the launching point, truly, and take my time with the other ones the way that I did with the first one. Because I felt myself start to rush a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to do another album before the one with Josh. you got to write these songs quickly. Okay, let me just do this and this and this. And, but, no, we're not going to do that. This next album is going to be a true labor of love. We're going to put the required work into it. Bender is going to be helping me with ideas as well. You know, I think that my role here is going to be to get the the structures laid down yeah. and come up with a vocal melody and, and that type of thing. But then he's going to be right here with me. We're going to listen to these things over and over again for ideas that come to us and you know, let's add this right here and that right there. And then after we get that done, those are going to go to Josh, our producer, who I'll be working with for the, um, this will be the fourth time that I've worked with him. And uh, I'm really excited. He's amazing. If I had it my way, and I do, I do have it my way. <laughs> I won't, I'm not going to record with, anyone else if I don't have to uh, I'll record with Josh for the rest of my life he's just an amazing guy to be around and he does an amazing job so that's where my head's at and I think this first song is going to be awesome Bender was singing it like right after he put the the headphones down last I week. was I was it's it's you know we've we've said it time and time again this music is going to be completely different than our first album as Super Divorce, uh, and really as anything you know Sleep Star Ignition put out, uh, but you know we're we're talking catchy, you know, you know lyrics that you can bop along to and and yeah like Nick said as soon as I took those headphones off I was able to to sing back to him a couple lines. And that's really what we're going for here. And just just something fun. It's definitely going to be 80s. Yeah. And, uh... But not, like, we're not 
trying too hard to like the idea is not to be a throwback band no it's more like we're i feel like we're we're picking up where a certain musical movement left off yeah because a lot of the stuff coming out now in the the world of synth and what people call like you know new retro or like uh sort of uh, synth pop a lot of it's very spastic and Mm -hmm. it's almost more like edm infused you know super club music type of deal and what we're going to be doing is going to be um i think a little bit i don't want to say easier to listen to but just i think a lot of people are going to be able to get into it yeah you know because even as much as i love um as much as i love grimes or like the uh the carpenter brute stuff fans of a lot of fans who listen to that type of synth music in the 80s might hear the newer synth stuff and kind of this is a little too intense you know yeah it's, I, I agree it's 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 more about like the, the stuff coming out now is more about like just like i said the intensity and and how how uh, it's just taking 80s elements. It's got 80s elements, but then like kind of turning it up to 11. Right. And we're not really trying to do that. We're kind of jumping in with those bands. And I don't think that we're going to force ourselves to stay there. Exactly. No. I'm interested to see, though, what the natural evolution of starting at that point will be. Right. What the second album's going to sound like, you know, and, and from and, and there on. But... Uh, we're not we're not trying to like capitalize on the current trend of synth Mm-mm. other than we have synth based music right so it's 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 a very interesting road and sometimes you know i know loyal listeners sometimes it does feel like the road is extending but i just you know i brought it up because i wanted you to know that it's we're we're still walking it you know the, like I said, the song I heard is great, and we have... Do we have scheduled time with Josh? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, we've already put down the first deposit, so the time's booked, so and it we, actually got moved up. So like you said, it feels like it's being extended, but actually, in yeah. reality, the time has been um, shortened that it's going to take us to get this stuff done. So we're 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 legitimately working on it, and... You know, to be honest, it's it's news that you want to restart with this first song in mind, but I approve. I mean, yeah. I think that's a great idea because that that first song is, it's it's catchy and it's about something that I feel like is relatable, you know, mm-hmm. and it's easy to sing along to, and it it has it has a very solid '80s feel to it, so. I mean, I'm all about heading on with that uh, idea in mind. Um, so we're we're working on it, and it's coming. It's and it's going to be here before you be. guys know it. Yeah, and um, as far as like the style change, because it's going to be so different. You know, we're not going to have to worry about people. Uh, calling us sellouts or anything because not that many people give a shit so i feel like anyone and it's so ridiculously different it's like you can't even say we're sellouts because we're not 
we're not selling into a more popular genre than what we were already producing. Mm-hmm. We're literally just making completely different music. Yeah. I mean, and we, we, we could very easily have just called it a new band name, but I... I don't think either one of us wanted to get rid of Super Divorce. It just well, it fits it fits this kind of music as well. Yeah, I mean it's just silly. Yeah, and so this is uh, it's easier for me to write to be honest, um, because even though what we were playing before is more aggressive, and really more aggressive music is what I've done the entire time I've been playing. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to many bands that sound like that on a regular basis. Yeah. When I pull up Spotify, I put on Tears for Fears or The Cure or The Smiths or like an 80s new wave uh, mashup, Echo yeah. and the Bunnymen and, you know, Susie and the Banshees and all this shit from back then. So it doesn't, it's not like I had to start listening to that to get ideas. It's just like, this is what for years now I listen to for leisure. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't listen to any, you know, harder edge bands, I yeah, still you're a big He Is Legend fan. Still love He Is Legend. Still love Every Time I Die. Uh, the new Metallica album is up there for album of the year, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I still like that stuff, but um, the majority of the music that I listen to is that music that I can listen to anytime. I don't have to be like trying to get fired up or like be in the music to listen to something fast and, and, and thrilling. Most of the time, I just want to fucking put music on that I can sing along to or hum along to that's going to be good background music if I get up. And that's what I think our music is going to be able to to be for people. Yeah. It'll be music you can listen to at any time without really having to try to make it that way. So. It's going to be awesome. Yep. So, uh, we will... Oh, by the way, another real quick thing. It's a new night for Supercast. Yeah. It's a new night. We, uh, well, Nick did some market research, and it turns out nobody gives a fuck if you release things on Tuesdays. So, with the uh, suspension of Super Tokens, we are now going to be packaging it all together in a nice weekend blast for you, and you're going to get Supercast on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Super Fanatics on Fridays and Super Scary on Saturdays. Just boom, 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 one after the other, and it's going to be awesome. So hopefully you guys start listening more because we like you and stuff. Supercast is going to carry you through your Thursday and get you ready for Friday. Yep. If you're looking forward to Super Fanatics on Friday, and then once you leave work the next day, you know, when you're hungover and <laughs> and can't stand up from the partying you did on Friday night, then you just uh, put on your super scary episode Yep. as you slowly ease yourself into the day and yep. And then you're all ready to go. It's going to be awesome. Yep. So that about does it uh, for this week. Yeah. So I guess we'll see you in the outro. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Disagree, um, email us and tell us why. 
Divorce Club at superdivorceme.com. Or you can leave a message on our Facebook page by searching Super Divorce, because we're on there. Yep. Or you can tweet us at Super Divorce. Or you can leave a nasty comment on one of our pictures on Instagram at Super Divorce Band. You can Snapchat us dick pics at Super Divorce. <laughs> uh what else oh or you can leave mean comments about me specifically bender on my instagram page at bender but uh did i leave off any social media well there's uh, our website our, oh, our dot com yeah our dot com you can go to superdivorceme.com and uh you know you you can't really leave anything on there can you no. No. You can comment on our YouTube videos. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, and tell us how much you didn't like the podcast, because I don't know why you wouldn't like the YouTube videos. Why wouldn't you? Speaking but, of YouTube videos. Yeah, speaking of. Tomorrow, uh, we got a great episode of Super Fanatics, mm-hmm. Star Wars themed, to yeah. celebrate Rogue One. You guys can watch me nerd my ass out. You do a good job on this episode with all your knowledge. <laughs> Going uh, to eat your brains and gain your knowledge. <laughs> uh, and then Saturday, super scary. We're taking a peek at Jack Frost. Yep. Christmas came early this year. <laughs> and uh, it's all about Jack Frost, which is a wonderful film. Yeah. Just lovely. But uh, let's see. What else? Oh, we mentioned courts just a minute ago at the very end of the podcast. But... Uh, Super Divorce Supercast is now going to be released on Thursdays. In case you guys were wondering, uh, we didn't release Tuesday, number one, because Nick did some market research, and number two, because I was fucking sick as fuck on Monday. and uh, Puking your guts out. Yeah, all for hours, hours upon hours, I was puking my guts out. So we didn't get together to record... And that's why we're coming to you on Thursday, but also because apparently it's better for publicity. So this is not a temporary thing. It'll be every week from now on. Yep, every week. Thursdays. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, weekend, boom. Right up your butthole. Yep. Uh, Nice uh, super enema. (laughs) (laughs) Super enema. (laughs) Well, I think that about does it, right? Yeah. Okay, so tune in next week for more shenanigans mm-hmm. next week. Next week. Um, and, uh... Oh, well, I guess it bears mentioning next week on Super Fanatics, we will be doing probably Old Man Logan. Yeah. And next Saturday for Super Scary, we're bringing you our Christmas Eve double feature of Black Christmas, the original, and Black Christmas, the remake. Yep. So that's what we've got lined up for you next week. Until then, I am Bender. I am Nicholas. Have a good weekend, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Divorce.